Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. My brand new book, Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth, is now available. So much more than a book, this is a guide that allows me to hold your hand through your birth preparation journey. With over a decade of experience and knowledge packed in to ensure you really are empowered in the way you deserve to achieve a positive birth, regardless of the twists and turns that crop up. Make sure that you get your hands on Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth Book now and are empowered to have the birth experience that you deserve. Hello, I'm Midwife Pip and welcome to the Midwife Pip podcast, the home of honest expert chat. My mission is to provide you with the very best support and information through pregnancy, birth and beyond with my online courses over at midwifepip.com. And as a podcast listener, I'm also offering you an exclusive 15% off all my online courses using code PODCAST15. With no further ado, let's get chatting. Nutrition in pregnancy is such a powerful force. Not only does the food you eat nourish your body, but also your growing baby. However, alongside nutrition in pregnancy comes a whole heap of myths and misconceptions. And at a time where it's so important to have the facts and to be empowered to nourish your body and baby, it is vital we unpick fact from fiction. And I cannot think of a better guest to help us do just that today. I am joined by the wonderful Rhiannon Lambert. Rhiannon is one of the UK's leading nutritionists, a best-selling author and chart-topping podcast host. In 2016, she founded Retrition, a renowned Harley Street clinic, which specializes in weight management, sports nutrition, eating disorders, and pre- and postnatal nutrition. As an evidence-based practitioner, Rhiannon is committed to the benefits of a scientific approach to nutrition. In 2017, Rhiannon published her first book, The Best Selling Renourish, A Simple Way to Eat Well, part handbook, part cookbook, in which she shares her food physiology to lay the foundations for a happy, healthy relationship with eating. She followed this up with Top of Your Game, Eating for Mind and Body in 2019, co-written with world snooker champion, Ronnie O'Sullivan. And her third book, The Science of Nutrition, was recently published in 2021 and is a Sunday Times bestseller. Rhiannon also hosts the top-rated Food for Thought, which gives listeners practical evidence-based advice on how to achieve a healthier lifestyle. So I think it's safe to say we are in the very best hands today with Rhiannon. So welcome, Rhiannon, and thank you so much for joining me to chat about nutrition in pregnancy today. Oh, hello. Honestly, when you read 
<laughs> I, you don't have to read the whole bio to everyone and it's so sweet that you do it's just an awkward kind of listen I'm like oh yeah but um yeah what a journey thank you for having me it's I'm very excited to have a, this discussion it's so close to my heart obviously being pregnant at the moment I think it's it's a good one to have <laughs> yeah absolutely do you know it's funny isn't it when you listen back to all the things you did and you're like oh wow yeah I did all that but actually I think it's important you kind of shout that from the rooftops because you've had an incredible career in nutrition, Rhiannon. And I'm sure I speak for many women when I, I'm grateful that you did and the information you give out is just fantastic. And I just wonder what kind of led you to, I guess, dedicate a lot of your life now to nutrition? Oh, such a big question. And I think you're right. I don't, I think as women as well, we're not used to, I mean, I certainly feel uncomfortable, you know, discussing successes or discussing even my opinions behind things I hide behind the scientific fact but we spend our lives multitasking like you're multitasking now a podcast with your little one and it's just so inspirational and I I think it's so difficult because women are targeted and almost told they have to stay quiet about things so a big driver for me in more recent years has also been since becoming a mum trying to channel that we have a voice and that we are allowed to still continue that previous working life but what the question is what got me into it and I used to be a soprano a singer in the music industry when I was very young I mean I was oh gosh 16 17 when I got signed and moved up to London it was just as much as it sounds a very exciting time, I didn't know who I was at that age. I was still a child in a way. It's, uh, you know, in your teenage years, uh, I was very subjective and impressionable, got in a terrible relationship, a terrible, terrible one, um, and ended up with a very poor relationship with food. And the music industry was a driver of this factor for me, just as much as probably the relationships I held at that time. I didn't really have any friends. I was very isolated in London, um, just struggling to pay the bills. Just one of those situations, thinking I'd made it being signed. It was actually the darkest time of my life. And it, I took a few, a few years in the music industry. I gave it, what did I give it? I gave it about four years of songwriting with different songwriters, signed and dropped by different labels, um, being told that I was going to be the next Catherine Jenkins or it was like classical crossover was the genre that I was signed to perform in. Um, but it just wasn't really popular anymore. It got to a point where it just wasn't as big. People weren't as interested unless it was Christmas or Remembrance Day or another day of the year where they, you know, you get to sing your type of work. So I enrolled at a degree, a degree at university, which wasn't popular, wasn't cool at the time. It was nutrition and health and everyone's like why are you doing that and I was like do you know what? it really interests me I think using your body as a tool has been an interest for me because of the singing I always knew the importance um, vocally but knowing the impact it had on performance and concentration and I guess because of my poor relationship with it that was also a driver it kind of took me towards it maybe in an unhealthy way when I look back I don't really know but it was the best thing I ever did because I would say it single-handedly probably saved my life learning more about food and my journey's evolved with it I started looking into once I'd done the first degree and then the master's degree I started looking into psychological interventions to disordered eating um, and how to speak to my clients on that front the clinic naturally evolved things I didn't have a plan Pip it wasn't none of this was planned out anything you've just mentioned 
But as we evolve as women, I think we go through different trials and tribulations in our life and we have different experiences and we have different social networks and we, we go through a whole evolution and we will continue to do so. I'm sure I'll be singing from the same hymn sheet in 10, 20 years time. And with it, my career evolved. I got into sports quite a bit, into a lot of sports nutrition, hence my collaboration with Ronnie O'Sullivan and Cesc Fabregas and other you know, names in sports. And more recently becoming a parent, I've trained in pre and postnatal nutrition and it's such a passion of mine. That's what's got me to this point, having my son and just, yeah getting here and that's so interesting Rhiannon you discussing your journey kind of back where it all began I suppose Um, and I think that makes perfect sense to me now because your passion for nutrition totally comes across in all the work you do and knowing how much of a personal journey it has been to you now makes perfect perfect sense to me so thank you for being so honest (laughs) and and sharing that and those kind of difficult times that have built you up to be the woman and, and have the business you have today which is I think quite often the case isn't it with with yeah. such powerful things everyone's got a story everybody's trying to hold it together in some shape or form behind the glossy you know social media side or media portrayed image or even to your friends you know you'll go out for lunch with your baby or something you'll be like yeah because you want to enjoy yourself and that's the best way just to have a nice time but behind the scenes it's not always perfect and I think a lot of inspiration for a lot of people in their career paths or if they love their job is definitely from what drives their heart as well their emotions so yeah oh, absolutely so we are talking about pregnancy which is very apt because massive congratulations to you Thank on your you. current second pregnancy which is super exciting yes now for many women I know you're not going to be in this category but for many women pregnancy might be one of the first times that they really start to consider their nutrition because of the the power of having a baby inside them and I just wonder why is that a good thing um, and why is it such a valuable time to really be nourishing ourselves do you know it's so interesting because before I'd had a baby as well I'd have a few pregnancy clients and I remember doing a lot of research on it and it was fascinating looking into it but now since writing the science of nutrition the new book and delving into it in even more depth than I'd studied on my course. You know, a lot of papers. It, there's research called the first um, a thousand days of a child's life, which is yeah, from conception, so literally embryo, all the way up until they're about two, roughly um, to two to three. There's, these are the most important years of growth and development, and it starts in the womb. You know, your baby can develop um, taste preferences in the womb. There's research that if when you're pregnant, you drink lots of carrot juice, for instance, by week 16, 17, baby can taste what you eat. Don't freak out anyone listening, but my diet was shocking at this time. So don't worry, your baby's not going to be addicted to cheese toasties or (laughs) whatever you're... Chicken nuggets in my case. (laughs) Chicken nuggets, (laughs) chips, cheese toasties, whatever your beige um, fancies are. And I'm very envious for those of you listening that perhaps didn't have the first trimester sickness. I've got a friend that hasn't had it at the moment. I was so jealous, but... It's the, the worst. baby it is the worst it is the worst but this study said if you know you drank lots of carrot juice the baby then had a preference for carrots during the weaning process which was fascinating and then of course how the brain develops a baby's IQ apparently can be impacted by diet and just not to sound too overwhelming this is early day research it's actually very difficult to study what's going on inside the womb ethically you know whatever the mum is going through it being invasive you know risk of harming a baby how do you study these types pregnant women are a very difficult group population group to do any research on whatsoever because you know it's such a precious time and such a careful careful one as well but 
knowing that there are influences on the health and the brain and the development is fascinating to me. And it's one part of the pie. You know, there's the nature nurture debate, what you eat when you grow a human versus what they eat when they're actually growing up at home. You know, you can do so much good with those early years. But do remember that getting your folic acid in, which is, you know, to prevent neural tube defects or spina bifida and get it, getting the correct nutrition will help you have a or increase your chances of having a healthier, happy baby, ultimately. That's really helpful. And actually, I think before we delve a little bit more, Rhiannon, into kind of food in pregnancy, because I'm sure you're probably singing from the same hymn sheet as me in that food should always be our kind of first port of call when it comes to our nourishment. But what is the deal with supplementation in pregnancy? Um, You just mentioned folic acid, which hopefully anyone who's listening who's pregnant has heard of. Yes. Do you know, it's such a passionate area of mine. And if you all watch out um, on the retrition channels, actually, my social media channels, I'll be discussing this a lot more. And I can't say any more than that in the next Ooh, few months. The exciting. first time I've dropped a hint about this, but it's something that I think is really not um, understood. Now, supplements are actually incredibly important for women in pregnancy. Food first is the approach ultimately, but most people don't get enough folic acid anyway from their diet. You know, we don't absorb it very well from dark leafy greens and, you know, the food sources that we can get it from. And the only research we have on folic acid is the form of synthetic folic acid that we have that prevents neural tube defects. And lots of supplement companies are jumping on a bandwagon of creating something called methylfolate, which is a more natural um type of folic acid that might have a higher absorption rate but there's no research it prevents neural tube defects there's no research it prevents spina bifida and they're unable to say so all they can say is that it maintains your status of this level of nutrients so you know to prevent any abnormalities with the baby's growth essentially so lots of companies don't actually put folic acid in the supplement which is a problem And um, also, if you think about the fact that in our diets, we don't get enough, the government have gone as far as actually adding folic acid to our bread, to our flour, to the items we consume, which has been done in 80 other countries around the world. And it took us until 2021 in the UK to finally get this fortification in there. That's how important this is. So when I talk about supplements, there is we've got one of the highest rates of this neural tube defects and spinal problems of babies in the UK because you know women aren't getting enough in their diets it's really sad and you'd think with all the access to food but we just don't have the education and it's a real shame so the good thing is if you take a supplement prior to conception if you know you're trying I know not everyone knows they're going to have a baby that was my case (laughs) and then suddenly like oh my goodness I need to get the folic acid in (laughs) yeah get my folic acid in get the supplement in um, and take it at least for the first 12 weeks for a lot of my clients I recommend taking it throughout the entire pregnancy to be honest if you're not able to eat well which is again I think the stats now have gone up it's 80 to 90 percent of pregnant women that suffer with morning sickness which who on earth named it morning sickness I know it's such a lie isn't it It it's all blooming day (laughs) it's all day and it's in the evening and it's horrible like sometimes I I have to eat at like 2 a.m I've got a cracker by my bed you know and you just feel really Oh, oh it's disgusting isn't it it's just so bad awful um what a deceptive name um no one knows until you get pregnant you're like oh just be i'll just throw up in the morning and i'll be fine all day and then i'll be fine no not the case it's not like that um 
But anyway, I digress. If that is you and you are just currently eating beige foods, don't worry too much. Beige foods are often fortified. So you'll get that folic acid on top of your supplement. You'll get some extra calcium fortified in flour as well. Iron is also in a lot of food products that are beige. Um, If you're adding lots of cheese and things and fattier foods, it will give you the energy you need. But try and steer clear of kind of the the deep fried stuff. But that's why I recommend taking a pregni multi, because in those instances, it's so much easier just to take something to ensure you're getting your vitamin D, which is crucial. You need your vitamin D, ladies, in pregnancy. Please ignore the government advice of just the winter months. If you are pregnant, you need it every single day throughout pregnancy. If you don't eat oily fish, I recommend getting omega-3 into your diet as well. It's so important for baby's brain, baby's growth. Um, Again, there's some studies linking to IQ there with omega-3. They're the three I'd be really concerned about, to be honest, folic acid, vitamin D, and omega-3. The problem with omega-3 is we don't have a government recommendation of how much you should be taking. So if you can eat the fish, do. If you're plant-based or you don't like, you just don't like it. Let's be real. Lots of people don't like smelly fish and the oily fish is the smelly one. So, you know, it's not (laughs) not the easiest thing in pregnancy. Doesn't make you popular in the lunchroom, does it? (laughs) No, no. Oh my goodness. My clients in the nutrition clinic where I used to give lunchbox plans, I'd say, just save the fish for the evening meals. You know, don't bother (laughs) taking it to work in the afternoon. Anyway, to cut it because I could waffle on, they're the three that I'd be really concerned about and the reason for taking a multi. Because lots of women get tired, you know, you might need a top up of iron as well. There's there's all these different elements to consider amazing and I can we just delve into the oily fish a little bit more Rhiannon so we yeah. know we know that oily fish you have to limit in pregnancy yeah. um but we know like you just said how vital that omega-3 fatty acids are for both maternal and child health how on earth do we navigate that and try and do the best thing in both worlds <laughs> We're just taking a quick pause from this episode so that I can share with you a brand that I know you're going to love as much as I do. My little Finley is growing up fast and is almost on the move, which means it's now time to start making our home safe for him. Did you know that every single week, at least one child under five years of age dies in an accident? 75% of which happen in their own home. I think this is terrifying. And this is why the team at Cheeky Rascals offer a variety of products that not only help make parents' lives easier, but are also the safest on the market, including brands like Love to Dream, Rocket, and the Fred Baby Proofing Safety Range, which has everything you need to keep your little ones safe and your mind at ease. I want to support you to make your home safer for your little one and prevent them coming to any harm. So Cheeky Rascals are sponsoring this podcast and offering you 15% off Fred safety products using the code midwifepip15. I worry that the messaging of limiting is confused. So first of all, it's not the omega-3 that people need to be limiting, it's vitamin A. So vitamin A toxicity, it's a fat-soluble vitamin, which means it doesn't get peed out in your urine like water-soluble ones, which, you know, if anyone takes a Barocca or something, you'll see your wee goes like bright yellow. That's what 
you don't get with vitamin A. And the problem is a lot of omega-3 um, comes with cod liver oil and things are very high in vitamin A as well. And if you've got a lot in your diet from orange foods, like you're eating maybe a lot of carrots or you're getting a lot of beta carotene from what other orange veg, pumpkin, and my mind's gone, yeah. not squash. Squash. Squash, lots of squash. Um, squash, pumpkins and, and carrots. They're a good, uh, they're sweet the potato. One. Sweet potatoes, a lot in sweet potato, definitely. And if your diet, if it's already in your multivitamin and then you're taking the cod liver capsule or something that contains a lot of vitamin A, that's when I would be worried. But when it comes to oily fish, just keep it to one to two portions a week and you are fine. And if anything, women and actually the population, men and women in the UK do not eat their omega-3. We do not meet the government recommendation of one to two portions of fish, one of which is oily. And actually, I would encourage people to eat oily fish if they can and that's sardines salmon uh, mackerel sadly tuna steak doesn't count anymore it doesn't contain any omega-3 used to and I remember going to think it's when I was doing my master's degree the guidance changed suddenly overnight and we're like oh that's the state of the ocean right now so if you're plant-based you can get omega-3 supplements that are from algae and the fish eat the algae which contains the powerful DHA part that you need of omega-3 and they're the supplements that you should be advising pregnant women to take as well if if they're plant-based but don't worry too much about the toxicity it's just that vitamin A can't leave the body just always check your multi and don't take a capsule that contains extra vitamin A as well but I don't know would you advise Rhiannon and and this mean I mean this is probably a difficult question would you advise routinely in pregnancy taking a pregnancy safe omega-3 I tend to encourage it if I'm honest in my practice but I don't know what your kind of thoughts are because like you say we know that in in the normal population we don't get enough and our demand in pregnancy is even more important because of these precious little beings that we're growing um but it's even more difficult to get it in so yeah um if I just always ask the question with my clients do you eat oily fish once a week or twice a week if they say yes I don't encourage it if they say definitely not I always say go now get an omega-3 capsule it is so so important and I do encourage it it's one of those areas and actually in America the dietary guidelines are different they do specify um I've got it if you have the book the science of nutrition I have the specifications I'm pretty sure I put it in because the book's in America as well for the American guidelines. But sadly, in the UK, we don't give a recommended amount. So it goes to show around the world, approaches are already ahead of what we are here or different, you know, with their nutritional guidelines. And omega-3 is encouraged in other countries. Wow. So definitely some some work to be done in the UK, isn't there, around that? Loads. It's so important. We're very, I think public health nutrition in the UK is very, um, we're very cautious. Mm. Which, we're just a cautious nation, if you think think about it. Yeah. Like just at, even when you think about, I don't know, like we're in the middle of renovating our house completely. completely oh, bless you. But yeah. um, even that, like, you know, the health and safety in the UK is sometimes you're like, you're worrying about what? Like, I know, it, you know, that's a but Yeah. So, yeah, I guess nutrition fits in, into the same thing. Um, yes. And I know we spoke a little bit, Rhiannon, about the first trimester. Um, and how it can just be disgusting. And I was absolutely in, in your boat. I remember opening the fridge and anything oh. that was a fruit or a vegetable went in the bin. Yeah. <laughs> well done like... for even opening the fridge. You know, I, could, I didn't even want to go there sometimes. <laughs> oh, it's so bad, isn't it? But 
I very much, I mean, I love nutrition and I really do believe in the power of nutrition for our physical and our mental health. So I definitely felt that massive pang of mum guilt because I'm like, here I am growing this baby at these, you know, crucial times in its development on literally chicken nuggets and cheese sandwiches. It's not what I uh, envisage at all. Have you got any tips on trying to manage that mum guilt or trying to keep it on track as much as you can when you are feeling like trash? Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I mean, if it reassures your listeners, um, I didn't experience too much mom guilt because I understood the nutrition. Mm, so I knew even if I was... Power, isn't it? Yeah. It is so power. Not, I knew that if I was eating, you know, chicken nuggets, I was getting protein. I was getting iodine, which is crucial for baby's development from the chicken. I was getting B12. I was getting all these nutrients that, yes, it might be a bit higher in saturated fat and salt, but that actually isn't going to harm your baby in the same because you're getting your baby the key nutrients. It's going to be more detrimental to you long term, but not the child. And for some reason, that gave me a sense of reassurance that, you know, my cheese on toast gave me those crucial nutrients, phosphorus. It gave me extra calcium. It gave me elements that it might be beige and not the stereotypical healthy thing. But I was still getting fiber from the bread. I just try and switch from beige to whole grain if you can, if you're opting for the white carbohydrates. I struggled with that with my first pregnancy, actually. But this time around, I seem to be more able to digest whole grains. So you've got to do what you can. Drink lots of water. As long as you're taking your supplements, your baby will take all the good stuff that you've eaten that year from you. So basically all your stores, that's what the baby takes. It's you as the mother that's left feeling rubbish. But the baby takes all the amazing stuff that you've had for the last few months. It will take your stored iron. There's a reason that they say once the baby's born up to six months, you know, then you need to really think about iron when you're weaning a child off breast milk because your stores of iron are going through the breast milk. So there's there's evolutionary ways of protecting your child and they will be fine. And mum guilt is a terrible, awful thing. I get it for other areas now, you know, the, the panic that I'm not giving my toddler enough attention because I'm pregnant, I'm tired and I'm just not able to interact and jump around anymore I think we will experience it in like every minute of every day but when it comes to food let me reassure you that your baby will get what it needs oh 100% and you know we talk about mum girl I'm sat here with Finley watching some yeah. dancing dots on my mobile phone reality. oh sensory <laughs> I, mean, I love that I mean, ultimate motherhood goals I'm sure it's one of those things I said I would never ever do but we just yeah. have to keep it realistic don't we yes and I think that's really empowering for women to know that actually in your childbearing years that's the time to start thinking about your, your nutrition because yeah. like you said in when when you can't optimize you know eating all the nourishment you'd love to be able to eat the work that you've already done yeah. really comes into play. Yeah, please start. If anyone's thinking about having a family, starting a family, conceiving, or you're able to eat well in pregnancy, then please do, you know, get the greens in, blend them into anything if you have to, get some avocado or sweet, whatever you fancy. Just try and up your plant-based diversity. And I mean, all the vegetables and fruit that you can chuck in. Try and think about what you can add in 
lose this mentality women seem to have of taking things out really think well you know there's nothing in fruit to fear if people panic about fruit it's fruit juice you shouldn't be drinking so much of but please eat a pear have an extra orange every day do these things for you just as much as your your future child or your child at the moment yeah that's really helpful I think to hear and you said there about eating that extra orange a day let's talk about eating extra in pregnancy so I hope by now (laughs) in, in 2022 I hope we've busted that myth of eating for two that certainly my um, grandma used to tell me when I was pregnant and so hopefully that one is a dispelled myth but do we need extra calories in pregnancy and what should they look like I'm guessing not chicken nuggets (laughs) (laughs) I mean do you know they say in the UK we say 200 calories in the third trimester whereas again in some other countries they say in the second trimester you can also increase to around 100 150 and then it's 200 in the third so Pregnancy is individual, but it's important to remember, I think pregnancy is also a time and this is a very difficult emotive conversation I'm about to have. And I think it's that weight gain is a concern for a lot of mums. And I don't want to, you know, smooth over that issue and say, oh, no one should be worried about weight gain because I know that it affects a lot of mental health, you know, concerns for women, how they feel about their changing bodies. And there's that aspect. And then there's some women that can't get enough nutrition in that are losing weight, that are desperate to put it on. So it's important we discuss how much you eat because it will impact your health and the health of the baby. We know that birth weights can be associated with how much you eat in pregnancy. You can have a very small baby if you don't eat enough. Equally, if you're overweight, you're more likely to have a small baby. So you really want to be doing what you can and you don't need to eat for two but if you're someone that is hungry then listen to your body but instead of the chicken nuggets try and get a chicken breast or something you know and then on the side make some potato wedges instead of going for the deep fried chips there's the small differences and that's a really healthy meal if that's what you fancy and you know a plant-based alternative you can get the meat replacement option or you could do like a chili dip with beans and things and then dip in your potato wedges with some mayo on the side there's eating should be enjoyed and celebrated and it's so important it's just the salt the saturated fat and the sugar in the processed highly processed items that we buy and if anyone's confused I have a whole section on child development in the science of nutrition the new book and I delve into what a poor diet looks like and what a good one is try and get those calories like 200 is not much that's a banana and hello like a lovely lovely hello he's yeah. just having his milk Billy <laughs> agreed with the banana it's like oh yeah he like he's like I'm almost ready for some mashed banana actually 100 <laughs> calories of nana I would say to my son and you know maybe like some nut butter with it that's about 150 180 calories already so it could be a slice of toast and a little bit of cheese that's your extra snack it's not a lot it's not another meal it's not a crepe full of loads of chocolate and ice cream and everything which sounds absolutely delicious but pregnancy doesn't allow you to eat poorly it just need means you need more energy because you're growing a human and you need more nutrition uh but you know for people that are worried about not putting on enough then do eat more than the recommended 200 and for people that need to think about their weight opt for the sensible option and you don't have to eat those 200 extra on the days that you don't feel like it and I think that just comes to game with your intuition, doesn't it? You know, I found that I didn't really need much extra in pregnancy, but I got to 28 weeks and I was like, I am hungry. Yeah. 
And then I needed those extra calories. And yeah. I don't know about you, Rhiannon, but breastfeeding, I mean, I know we're talking oh about God. pregnancy, but I was st- I was like starving all the time and thirsty. Oh. And, and I think we forget that actually when our body's using these extra calories, that's not a benefit in terms of losing weight. This is the thing that we need to really resupplement those calories. We need to nourish our bodies. Yeah, an example for anyone that wants to read about it, I think Serena Williams, the tennis player, did a wonderful feature um, about the fact that she didn't lose weight breastfeeding. And there was all this expectation that she believed that she'd just lose her baby weight from breastfeeding. Weight loss, or I'm going to refer to body fat loss instead of calling it weight. Please do not use the scales to measure your weight. You know, your baby, the placenta, the extra amniotic fluid, all of these things, the extra water retention and things, they add up to numbers on the scale as well as the size of your poo that day. You know, there's all of those things. The scales are nonsense when it comes to that. But if you're looking at extra body fat, you may have gained around your hips, you know, protective areas around your organs when you're carrying a child. Those sorts of things come down to just going back to a healthy, balanced diet and trying to move. Get out for a walk when your baby's in the sling or in the pram every day. Just keep active as much. Well, depending on what type of birth you've had, you know, when you're ready. I was not ready at six weeks. I don't care what the six week checkup thing is. I was scared I'd wet myself if I left the house at six weeks. You know, it was everyone has a different experience. Go easy on yourself. But food wise and breastfeeding, breastfeeding can burn up to 300 to 500 extra calories a day. But a lot of women don't know how to count calories and also calories aren't an accurate calculation. So the packet's 30 percent out. It's um, it's tough. So make sensible choices rather than thinking about the numbers, knowing right, I'm breastfeeding. I'm going to have lots of oat cakes or homemade oat bars and I'm going to get some extra maybe healthy muffins I can make myself or get someone to deliver to me. Or if I don't have the capacity to even get in the kitchen right now, I'm going to go for some better options, have more fruit, have some nuts and things and yogurts and snacks instead of reaching for the takeaways and the it's you know I'm still I'm trying to reduce I'm on one feed a day now at 20 months and I'm very excited I think I'm getting to that point where he's naturally weaning off but I have to say the energy levels that breastfeeding takes from you is a hell of a lot definitely I absolutely did say that in the middle of exclusive breastfeeding a very hungry four-month-old baby yes it is exhausting now, yeah. I wonder, Rianne, whether I can ask you to try, I mean, this is going to be difficult because you are so passionate, um, but to try and give us your three top tips. I always ask for three top tips when we round off an episode um, to nourishing ourselves and our growing babies during pregnancy. And I'm going to jump in with one to start with, and that is to really think about your science and nutrition book, because I think <laughs> evidence-based information is so powerful. And there's so much out there that isn't evidence-based. It's conflicting. It's confusing. So having like a one-stop shop that you can rely on is so, so valuable in pregnancy. And I'm all for, you know, honest evidence-based information for women. Thank you. Thanks, babe. Yeah, there's, um, yeah, it's like a Bible and it's everything you could want to know. And it's, I promise it's not overwhelming. It's easy to break down, but it's the top three tips. They're not all going to be nutrition related. I think my first one would a hundred percent just have a support network. And I know that it can feel so isolating to so try and reach out. I think there's loads of, you know, your Instagram's wonderful. And there's lots of communities online that I think women can reach out to, but my caveat would be don't take dietary advice. This would be a top tip from what you read your favorite influencer does or just, just question it first because it might be a genuine thing. It might just be something like drink more water, which should be a tip in itself. 
that's 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 sensible but if your favorite influence is saying oh throughout my whole pregnancy I ate dates every day and then that meant I had an amazing birth you know take it with a pinch of salt would be my first tip because there's a lot of misinformation online the second tip would be to just know what you can and can't eat just be sure about it and again there's some loopholes around that so cheeses for instance a lot of people freak out with cheese it has to be pasteurized in the UK whereas in France they don't have that rule you can eat any cheese and one thing you can do here if you love cheese you don't want to give it up it would just be to make sure you heat it and then you have it hot so that that's a solution to most things and just be sure I think go to Tommy's Pregnancy Hub they have a good list and again you can look at my book I've got the same list in my book and I go into those different nuances in what you can and can't eat in pregnancy but there's actually more you can eat than you can't have don't freak out everyone it's I mean alcohol is an obvious sad um reality if you fancy a glass Christmas was hard actually being pregnant over Christmas I definitely had a glass of something like a tiny one but you've got to be so careful with the alcohol My next tip would be make sure it's folic acid in your supplement, not methylfolate, unless you've been told you don't absorb that form of folic acid, because that's the only evidence based form that we have. And there's a lot of debate on this at the moment. There's a lot of gynecologists. I think Dr. Jennifer Gunter over in the US talks about this a lot, that we're not providing women with the supplements they need, the right ones. And it's still causing problems here in the UK, which is why we we got that extra fortification I think I've given three that oh no in pregnancy it's not six to eight glasses of water try and think of it as um seven to ten or eight to ten you know try try and increase your volume it can come from tea coffee I would not recommend really counting as a hydration source it acts as a diuretic you definitely shouldn't be having more than 200 milligrams Um, a day which is probably around I'd just stick to one cup to be honest it's just the easiest safest thing to do it varies so much doesn't it it's like it's just impossible to you can't calculate it no it's if you're going to a coffee house you cannot calculate physically how much caffeine is in your cup of coffee but you know you have squash don't fear squash for a bit of sugar if it means you're going to drink more water do what you have to to get that water in I think those are very mishmash tips, but there's some nutrition tips to leave to leave you with and try and hide a few veg and if you're really struggling. And I do it for my son now and I eat the same food. I put like peas and courgettes and a banana blueberry muffin the other day. Oh, I saw that. That was genius. Yeah. I love that. And it's not food it. waste, which is yeah. even better. No food waste. You can't taste yeah. it. I ended up eating one or two and then I'm getting my extra veg as well. So I they're my it. tips. Nice, actionable tips, which is really helpful because yes. I think sometimes they're a bit... Uh, maybe tips are a little bit too unreachable which is unhelpful so I love the fact they're ones that women can like oh yeah I can actually go and do that yes. tomorrow that's doable which is yes. really really handy now Rihanna thank you so much and I think Finley wants to say thank you as well oh Finley you? you're adorable I feel so yeah. lucky to have been able to have a glimpse of you <laughs> this week um, but thank you so much for coming on and sharing so much wisdom with us um Rhiannon's incredible new book is linked in the episode description so make sure you head over and check that out um but thank you and have a wonderful rest of your day and hopefully no more sickness or dashes to the toilet for your pregnancy yes fingers crossed I've got a lot of talks to do today so yeah no embarrassing <laughs> moments I've only ever had one before so fingers crossed thank you for having me Pip. I've loved it thank you take care and that's it for another episode I hope you enjoyed listening Remember, you can use your exclusive discount code PODCAST15 on all my online courses 
And why not check out my free mini course while you're there too. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, remember to hit subscribe so you're the first to hear about all the upcoming chats too. And I'd be immensely grateful if you could take a couple of minutes to leave me a quick podcast review too. I look forward to speaking to you again very soon. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.